Welcome back to the Daily Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Woods. Back again is Daily Thunder beat writer, Brandon Rabar. Brandon, how are you, man? I am conflicted as I've been in in half of these games. I'm very conflicted, Ryan. The red hot Oklahoma City Thunder. They've won now three out of four. It's puzzling. This is where we... This is where it gets very interesting. There's a lot of fans that are happy once again with a with two straight wins. They're now four and four on the year, and they knocked off a pretty feisty Knicks team that played easily their worst game of the year tonight. Just didn't play well from from the jump. I'm conflicted as well. I'm with you. Every time these games come down to the wire, I find myself wanting Oklahoma City to play well and lose. Um, yep. Where do they go from here? So to me, this was a very uh, good measuring stick. The Knicks were five and three coming in. They're not as good as five and three. They've beaten, though, three straight playoff teams, potentially in the Pacers, Hawks, and Jazz. They beat the the Bucks earlier this season by 20. So this is at least a decent Knicks team that should be comparable to this Thunder team. And the Thunder won. Here's the problem. Here's, here's where I'm at with this whole tanking versus winning games and, oh, don't worry about it because they're going to lose a lot of games coming up. The problem is, yeah, they're going to lose to the likes of the Clippers and the Lakers and, and all those really good teams, but so are the other teams that are going to have bad records. The problem is the Thunder are beating all the bad to decent to equal teams. They've beaten the Hornets, the Knicks, the Magic, and the Pelicans. Those are all decent teams. I mean, there's a problem there. If you want the number one to number three overall pick and you want to get Cade Cunningham or Jalen Suggs or Evan Mobley, these wins are fun. They really are. And if it's the young guys who are winning these games, like Shea and Diallo tonight, that's good. Or Shea and Baisley last game, that's good. It is. So that's where I'm conflicted. But at the same time, if this trajectory continues – where the Thunder keep beating people, I think people think I might be dramatic because the roster still doesn't look very good. But given the effort and the young talent, if they keep beating these bad to decent teams, they won't get a top three pick. You're yeah. looking like eight to 10, and that's not good for the future of the Thunder. What do you think Sam Presti is thinking watching these, watching these games? I mean, he's probably a lot like us, don't you think? I mean, because I'm the same way. I want the Thunder to lose because it's better for the future. It's the the greater good for mm-hmm. the Thunder is for them to lose. But you can't help liking these young guys and getting excited when Shea's going off for a near triple-double or Baisley's going off or Hami is going yeah. off for 23 points. And you see the excitement and you get caught up in the excitement and you love this team and you want them to win. That said, I think all of us are a little bit more emotionally attached than Stan Presti is. You know, I think he's I think he's like a little bit like more cold and calculated, not in a bad way, but right. in a this is the best thing for our future. That's why, you know, was he cold or was he emotionally attached to Chris Paul when he traded him? No. Was he emotionally attached to Steven Adams or Dennis Schroeder or Danilo Gallinari? No. And it's because the end game was to get a guy like Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley a couple years in a row. And his team is screwing it up for him. So he's probably right. ticked. Right. I could. No, I mean, I mean, I'm on a serious note, I think he's torn. I'm sure he's enjoying it on one end of the development, but really kind of perturbed yeah. on the other end. I'm in, and ticked, tick, you're ticked is obviously not the, not the emotion as you're saying, but no. the, he's, he's gotta be, he's gotta be scratching his head thinking, I thought I did enough 
uh, in the offseason to ensure a different result. And again, it's the, these young guys like Shea had a phenomenal night, 25, yep. 10, and 7. And again, like we've said most of the year, that assist total is even at 7, which is a very good number. 7 assists does not indicate how well he is setting the table for the guys he's playing with. And then Diallo, just a ball of energy. <laughs> Maybe you're, would you say Diallo is your least favorite Thunder player? Mine personally? Yeah. Well, he's probably one that I've criticized the most this offseason. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm a softie, so even my criticisms <laughs> have been softballs. But if, if, there, if there's guys on this team that I am okay with, with them being the reason we win games, Diallo's not high on that list. Right, that's the thing. I just always – this whole offseason I've said that the core is Shea Baisley adored, and then you added Poku and Maladone. Everybody else are inconsequential. I mean, Diallo was the one guy that showed just enough potential of all those young guys, you know, Deontay Burton and Nader and Ferguson. He Rest was the peace. one that showed just enough to, to give him another year and see. And here he's going. He's averaging 10.5 and 5.5 off the bench. And it's not just tonight. I thought even before tonight, I looked at his numbers. It's like, you know, he's, he's having some – really good games here and there. I mean, it's been fairly consistent yeah. and you know, I, he's probably the most frustrating to watch because of his shot selection and shooting ability, but overall in totality, he's had a, a good solid year. So it's hard to be, you know, irritated with his, with his shooting because he's pretty much taken the three point shot out of his game. Yeah. Yeah, totally. He has become um, so aggressive. I mean, he's always been aggressive going to the rim and, as you've pointed out many times, he's that second jump. I don't know that anybody in the league can, can jump with him when he gets back up in the air. It's just faster than everybody else, higher than everybody else. So he's, he's deadly at just getting his own misses. Um, I would, I would love to see the number who rebounds their own misses at a higher percentage than Diallo. I would imagine they're not very many um, in the league right now. He's uh, he's a ball of energy off the bench and, Somebody's got to score the points for this team. And on random nights, you're going to see a guy like Diallo have games like this. Um, Another guy off the bench that is typically a candidate for a guy to score the points uh, went out tonight, and that's Mike Muscala. Did you hear anything post-game on the extent of his injury? Uh, Mark Dagnall said that he had a rib thing a couple of weeks ago and this hit him in the exact same spot that that rib injury was. He said that Muscala was a tough guy. So for him to be, you know, kind of walking off gingerly like it was, it must've, he must really be feeling it. That said, it didn't sound like it's serious. It's, they're calling it a rib contusion. I can't imagine that he he's out for too long. If at all, I'm not going to predict anything based on what we know, but I would guess either he plays Sunday or he only misses one game. He took a shot. That was, uh, I believe it was Austin Rivers to the basket. He took a shot, um, kind of doubled over immediately. Um, he had a couple nice threes, as he usually does. He was in the game when the, when the game really started to turn, when Shea started to, to take over. Um, what did you see from the second unit? The, the bench got uh, 48 points tonight, another really nice performance, a, a big, a big story in the game. And, and coach was talking about that as well. 
Yeah, that bench two games in a row now, you know, this has kind of been the much maligned, uh, you know, part of the Thunder team this season. Everybody, including us, has been saying the Thunder starters are going to be competitive and keep them in games, but that bench is going to be what leads the tank. And this is twice in a row they've led the comeback. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we've talked about Diallo already, and he's been pretty consistent this season. Uh, but Poku had his best night. He scored seven points on five shots, three of five shooting. Uh, he scored more tonight than he had every game combined up to this point. Uh, and he looked good. It's not, it wasn't just the scoring. He again, got a bunch of rebounds. He altered a few shots. He got a nice block. Uh, and you know, when he's not just jacking up shots from the logo, his game looks pretty solid for a 19 year old kid, the youngest player in the NBA, uh, Kenrich Williams probably had his best night in the thunder uniform. Uh, his energy and efforts always there, but he hit a few shots to go with it tonight. Uh, Maladone was his normal, you know, smooth, in control, poised self. He didn't, you know, he only scored, I think, four, so he didn't really help much in scoring tonight. But he had a bunch of rebounds, and he set up the offense well. Uh, the, you know, Mascala, of course, played well yeah. before he got hurt, and then and, Roby and came Roby. in and played yeah. solid minutes. Roby played some, Roby played some solid minutes down the stretch, and and it it seemed like coach might leave that bench unit in you know a little deeper into the fourth uh for the sake of uh for the sake of the tank but when Shea came in you just knew it was they were not losing that game and the defense played well enough Knicks missed some shots and it, it only took a couple a couple of those buckets towards the end it felt like the the nail in the coffin was was Diallo's steal on uh randall from behind and the and the breakaway dunk which led to a timeout that felt like okay this this one is this one's going in the win column um looking ahead it looks like the the pistons took the pistons got a win tonight the grizzlies got a win tonight um so it wasn't as bad a night as it could have been for the thunders pick sake um but they head to brooklyn um, to play the Nets on Sunday, and Durant will be out, and who's, you know, literally, who can say if Kyrie will be playing or not, so. Well, they're saying now that Katie might play, like, it's, really? it's a weird deal, like, if he gets enough negative uh, tests in a row, he actually could end up playing, I actually think there's a better chance now that KD plays than Kyrie does, which would be fun, because, the Thunder are now at 500, amazingly. They're supposed to be the worst team in the NBA. The Nets are now at 500. They're supposed to be one of the best teams, contending teams in the NBA. What a strange start to the 500. year. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just been weird. Uh, and I honestly think if if KD plays, obviously the Nets have got to be you know favored. Absolutely, for sure. But with the way this Thunder team competes and with no Kyrie if he doesn't play – uh, you know, the Nets with, with, they've had two, two games now without their stars and one, they, they look dominant. They beat yeah. the 76 or somehow. And then tonight they got rolled without their two stars. So yeah. who knows what team shows up? Who knows which of Katie and Kyrie will be there? Uh, I don't know. Could the Thunder end up being five and four having a winning record nine games into this tanking season it would be nuts but it's possible it really is and it's it's it really is so unexpected even as even as unexpected as last season's turnaround became this is even more surprising to me in that it just this team felt like 
it wasn't going to reach 90 points on most nights. And um, yes, they are a bottom feeder offensive team, but they're doing enough. And uh, let's look at their, this is their schedule coming up after the Brooklyn game. They come back home uh, for four straight, the Spurs, the Lakers, the Bulls, and the Sixers. And they go back on the road for what looks like five in a row. This is a West Coast trip. This is where it really starts to get tough. Denver, Clippers twice, Portland, Phoenix, and then back home for Brooklyn. So that next stretch is going to be, on paper, very difficult. Uh, we'll see what happens. There's so many things, especially in this year, that can change as far as who's available for certain teams on what night. Um, obviously, the Thunder are, is, are subject to those types of situations as well. So we'll see what happens. The Thunder are 4-4, four and four, and they go to Brooklyn on Sunday, early evening game. And we will, uh, we'll be back after that one as well. Brandon, you got any final thoughts for us? Uh, no. Uh, just as far as that stretch goes, yeah, they're going to pick up a lot of losses. Uh, but my feeling on that is so are the other bad teams when they've got to play those teams as well. And all it says to me is once that rough stretch is over, uh, you know, we don't know the rest of the schedule yet, but there's going to be backloaded a lot of bad teams that the Thunder are going to have to play. So we better get to getting George Hill and Mike Muscala and Al Horford out of here ASAP. Yeah. Uh, when those bad teams get on the schedule. I suspect that last month of the of the season, I'll call it right now, it's Josh Hall season. It's uh, <laughs> it, it, We're going to see a lot of the end of the bench uh, in in the last 30 days. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, we will wrap it there. Brandon, thank you so much, and we will talk to you on Sunday. Thanks, Ryan. Have a good night, bud.